I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. What up, yo? I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It is June 15th, 2022. And that was the elderly man pretending to be president, giving a speech where he emoted, and I have no doubt that on the teleprompter it said emote, scream as you're saying this. And he is changing people's lives. I like to give credit where credit is due. He is changing lives. That is factually true. The fact checkers can check it. It's just not that he's changing them for the better. Most things not going well, and the machine is turning on old Joe, and there is incredible, not only opportunity right now, but there is stuff literally happening this second, including an election that happened in Texas just yesterday, showing that the worm is turning, and we are going to win, people. And I mean that politically, spiritually, economically, culturally, the whole freaking thing. And that's what today's show is all about. Uh, quick reminder, if you'd like to see me in Miami next month, July 14th, I'm at the Miami Improv. Uh, we just added a bunch more VIP tickets because they sold out basically overnight. You can go to daverubin.com slash events. And uh, all right, let's get to the show. So first off, uh, I know not you, but there are people out there who are most likely sitting with their coffee sitting on the couch with their feet up, watching The View right now. And The View is a program with five or seven or 12 or four, it's unclear to me how many hosts they still have, uh, women who are supposed to be there to talk about issues calmly and respectfully and share their views uh, and do it in a way that would enlighten people. And it was mostly designed really for housewives that were home during the day when it started 20, 25 years ago. Uh, when Barbara Walters had the idea, but it's become into, it's turned into just like a complete shit show. It is just an endless disaster where they bash on conservatives. They lie about everything going on. You've got a racist woman and an alcoholic and a lunatic, and it's just completely, completely insane. Uh, but finally, because I keep saying to you guys that finally, there's always this airlock with mainstream media. So a bunch of us online, we can talk about things for a while. We can talk about Hunter Biden's laptop or we can talk about the lab leak from China, or we can talk about the fact that Joe Biden is obviously mentally unfit to be president. We can talk about these things for years online, but there's this weird airlock uh, that goes on in corporate press in mainstream media that suddenly they start talking about it for like a day or two and then it bursts forth. And what's happening right now, it's happening in real time right now. The meme, the idea, of Joe Biden being unfit, which we all obviously know. He literally cannot complete a sentence. It is rare that he can complete one single sentence. He has trouble reading off the teleprompter. He slurs through all these sentences. He makes up words. He loses people's names, all of these things. And that's not, again, I'm gonna stop saying this because it's, it's not worth saying every time. It's not to make fun of or mock anyone that has dementia or any other degenerative degenerative disease, obviously, it's not to do that. But the guy's supposed to be in charge of the United States of America. He's supposed to be the leader of the free world. Well, anyway, these things are starting to leak into the mainstream media because they can't hide it anymore. We can all see it. Uh, so they started talking about it on The View finally in the last couple of days. Uh, we're gonna throw a clip right now. The woman that you're gonna see first, I believe, is Alison Farah. She's a conservative, supposedly a conservative. 
uh, and she's, I guess, guest hosting because they can't get a regular conservative to take the gig, no matter how many millions they offer for that gig after Meghan McCain left and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Hasselbeck before her. They can't get anyone to take the gig because who would want to be just basically gang raped by Sonny Hostin and Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg every week? Anyway, Alison Farah, she's a conservative. Here she is uh, talking about what's going on with Joe. I think, sorry to jump in, but I think anyone looking at their retirement account yesterday, looking at fuel prices, looking at inflation, not all of which, by the way, are Biden's fault, that creates a path and a window for a Donald Trump to come back. Mm -hmm. And in a kind of asking the question of who is best fit to beat Donald Trump, because that man should never be president again, I'm not sure I think it's Joe Biden. And the fact that David Axelrod, senior Obama and Biden advisor, came out and said, you know, he's going to be 82. It's not about age. I don't think he has the same strength and sharpness I saw five years ago with Biden. And I have tremendous respect for the man. So I'm curious, like, who are the Dems going to run? Where's the, like, Obama energy that we could bring? You know, I don't know if we need Obama energy. We need somebody who can get the country back on on line in line yeah because it's it you know it it if you can name me a republican who has a shot yeah to do that that's what i'm more interested I, I in because Death, i think it'll be Death Death Santis. Santis. i, I it hope it's not death Santis over in florida because i think he's what a fascist death Santis? i think i think he handled covid miserably i think he's a fascist and a bigot but yes. i uh, those are his good points those are his good points <laughs> <laughs> Joy, <laughs> 18 writers. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, knock out the uh, Alison Farris stuff first. So, you know, she starts, of course, they bring on a conservative who's completely anti-Trump, right? He can't be president again. It can't be Trump again. Now, I'm not even saying it should be Trump. As I keep saying on the show, and I'm going to keep talking about, and perhaps I'm a little bit uniquely positioned to talk about as a new Floridian and someone that has a little bit of a relationship with these two guys, like the Trump-DeSantis thing has to be worked out, right? Just let's just put that out there. That thing has to be worked out. And I think they will work it out. The media is going to try to make it seem like they hate each other and they're trying to destroy each other. I don't think there's any evidence of that. We will see about that. But first, Alison Farrah, she's the conservative first, the guy who most likely is the nominee. That guy can't run, of course. Uh, then did you catch the line there? She goes, uh, she goes, we need someone with the Obama energy. We meaning she's obviously not a conservative or she's not a Republican, but you know, okay, so fine. This is just the theatrics of television. They bring on these people. They fake the fact that the idea that they're a conservative, but we need someone with the energy. Now, okay, fine, whatever. The interesting thing, a couple interesting things happen there. Did you note that Whoopi, who years ago, Whoopi was a perfectly sane person when she started on The View. I would say she was an old school Lib, you know, Trump broke her, COVID broke her, okay. She implied that she would be willing to vote for a Republican if there was someone who could get the country back online or in line. Now, I don't know exactly what she means by that, but in essence, what she's saying is things are screwy. Things are screwy. And if someone could come out there and fix things, that would be good. Now, obviously, obviously the person that can do that and the person who's been doing it most effectively and who I think you could argue at some level already is the president of the United States, not by title, but by the very nature of their work is Ron DeSantis, right? He is modeling what a free America, what a free state, thus a free America can look like. So would Whoopi dare do it? Would Whoopi come out and support a Ron DeSantis? That would be interesting. Would Bill Maher? who's always talking about how great things are in Florida, although he always says, but I would never go to Florida. Would he, would any of these liberals, would they support 
DeSantis. And then of course, uh, Sonny Hostin, who must be, she might be, and this is a, this is a bold statement. She might be the most uh, unpleasant person on television. Her body language, her dismissiveness, the way she looks at the guests, everything about her, death Santis, that's so clever. I mean, Florida's rates of COVID and death were actually better than California. Florida stayed open, Florida is flourishing. We didn't destroy our economy, crime and the rest of it didn't run rampant. Florida also has the second oldest population in the United States. So you'd think that all sorts of people would be dropping dead left and right. Uh, so death Santis, okay, that's very clever. Enjoy, you know, okay, that's clever, that's clever. Uh, she also calls him a fascist. I don't think she understands what a fascist is. Ron DeSantis is actually the complete reverse of a fascist because he is trying to get the government out of people's lives, but she's, she's just a dullard and a moron. But the reason I wanted to show you this is I think you can start to see the move the media is going to make. Whether it is Trump or whether it is DeSantis or whether any of that even matters and DeSantis has to win his own race here and everything else, they are going to treat DeSantis as Trump. And DeSantis has been training. He has been watching and dealing with the Florida media, the national media, calling him a fascist, dealing with all of that nonsense. And he has been punching back, taking the hits, fighting, continuing to win, continuing to get his agenda done and everything else. But you just watch, if you thought, oh, they were just treating Trump a certain way because Trump grabbed him by the pussy and Trump is orange and Trump this, that, and the other thing. It's like, watch what they will do to anyone else. And the reason that the media hated Trump so much is Trump fought back. But I think DeSantis has actually learned a Matrix style. Oh, I know, what does he, what does he say in Matrix, Neo? Oh, I know, I know jujitsu. Is that the line? I know karate or jujitsu now. Yeah, I think that's what DeSantis basically has been doing. Uh, but all of this leads to that Biden, what this is really about, is that really people realize Biden is a disaster. They realize nobody likes Kamala, that this thing is falling apart fast. So the ladies of The View continue and they hypothesize about what Democrats should run in 2024. I hate this talk about, uh, I think people saying that he's too old. I mean, you know, the, if the former, you know, twice impeached, disgraced president thinks he, he's such a young spring chicken, I mean, he's going to be 78 uh, when, when Joe Biden is 81. And so I don't like this ageism argument. But I will That's say, true. yeah. I, I, and also, and so Biden, I okay. I Biden when he was here, I asked him, he works out every day. Yeah. I don't think Trump does. Take a look. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> take a look. Exactly. Yeah. But, but I do think there are plenty of, you know, um, Democrats that, that have uh, tons of verve and energy. I mean, I like Gavin Newsom because he's really pretty to look at. <laughs> and I think he does a great job in California. Um, I like Kamala, uh, Kamala and Pete Buttigieg. I love um, Pete ticket. Buttigieg. I, love I think him. that looks yeah. great. You think um, they could win, really? Well, I would vote for them. Of course, I, I hope would. this country is ready for something like that. Um, I think the brain power alone would would just uh, obliterate Trump or I, and DeSantis. I would just love to. It's not just that Sonny Hostin is the most unpleasant person. Really, the most deeply unpleasant person on television, and that's a, quite a statement. I mean, she sits usually on a panel with Anna Navarro. I mean, these are deeply unpleasant, you know, judgmental, really just the awful, the, that, that thing that, that so many people now think about liberals, this sort of elite, smug, unpleasant awfulness, right? Uh, it's not just that she's that, she's also an idiot. I mean, she's just an idiot. Now, first off, Gavin Newsom, Gavin Newsom, Gavin Newsom has almost single-handedly destroyed California. And now I will put more money 
in the jar. Gavin Newsom has caused California for the first time in the history of California to lose uh, population for the last two years for the first time ever, okay? Uh, almost 300,000 people have fled California. Its main cities, San Francisco, Los Angeles, are dystopian nightmares. Crime is rampant, homelessness is rampant. Okay, you know all of that. So she likes what he's done and he's pretty to look at. Yes, he does have slick hair. I'll give him that. There, there. I finally could say something nice about Gavin Newsom. I don't even like his hair. I'm just saying he has slick, Pat Riley-esque, you know, 1987 Lakers hair. Okay, fine. Uh, so she goes on about that. And then who does she want to run? Well, she likes Pete and Kamala. Now, Kamala is an airhead. Kamala, what do we know about Kamala? What does Kamala know? Kamala know that Russia, big, Ukraine, small. That is the extent of the brain power, as she calls it. And Pete, Pete Buttigieg. And what do we know about Pete? Pete is gay. Pete is gay, and that's why he got the job. So you have a woman who knows that Russia is big and Pete who is gay. These people are not professionals. We also know that Pete went on two months paternity leave when uh, his kids were born and then took time off from being transportation secretary. Don't forget, he's our first ever gay transportation secretary uh, in the midst of our supply chain disaster, okay? By the way, I'm not taking paternity, guys. We're working. I don't care if there's kids down there screaming. We're working through, we're playing through. You'll be taking care of the kids, by the way. Um, but the brain power of Kamala and Pete? All right, these are genuinely the last people we should be listening to. Uh, but to close out this segment, there was this other thing on The View from last week, which we couldn't get to because there were so many other things happening. There was a, another woman who, in, who is actually a conservative uh, on The View. Her name is Kate Granger, and she was on talking about, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Lindsey Granger, not Kate Granger. Her name is Lindsey Granger, and she was on uh, The View talking to them about guns and defending the Second Amendment, and this was in light of the Uvalde shooting and everything else, and listen to this smug response by Julie Bidhi. Most AR-15 owners are former military, okay. 35 plus Let me say one more thing. So that's all I'm saying okay. is that they're yeah. not once, crazy once, people. Okay. Here's the thing, once black people get guns in this country, the gun laws will change, trust me. God, it, it's so dismissive. It's so incredible the way Sonny Hostin with the, she's always looking at her hair, you know, doing this with her hair and looking down on people. And the way Joy's pointing at the black woman, talking about black people getting guns. Uh, you guys aren't gonna believe this, but I did a little research before the show. Sometimes I ask you guys to do the research. I did research before the show. And it turns out that black people have the same access to guns as white people. Incredible. I, I found that out on Google. I had no idea. Uh, just absolutely incredible. And you're not gonna believe this one. This was a complete accident. I also found out, it turns out, black people can get IDs just as easily as white people. Freaking out over there. It's nuts. Uh, these people are deeply dishonest. They are morons and fools. And you might be wondering, why am I talking about them? I'm wondering that myself. We're gonna have to think about that. Uh, but the point is, really the point is, that it's the, dis the, the death Santis line that's the key to this thing. Because it's not about the stupid things that they say, and it's not about the way they treat each other, or they treat their audience, or everything else. It's a way they, it's about the way they are going to frame the people who are competent, who are going to fix this mess. And obviously DeSantis is at the top of that. That's gonna be our sort of through line here. What are they gonna do to the competent people who are getting us out? We're on our way out, do you feel it? We're on, COVID, no one talks about COVID anymore. I know they're gonna bring back COVID too and monkeypox, although I was told yesterday monkeypox is racist, which makes no sense, but 
not whatever, completely bananas. Huh? See what I did there? Um, but that's going to be the through line of the show today is, is what are they going to do to those people? And it's happening right now. People are getting us out of this mess. Uh, real quick, guys, let's talk about upside. You know, from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us where it hurts. Don't tell Joe. He's trying to help you. And it really does hurt. That's why I started using Upside. Upside's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. It helps me out all the time. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. You can cash out any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. To get started, download the free Upside app in the App Store or on Google Play. Use my promo code Ruben and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card or debit card and get paid. Download the free Upside app and use promo code Ruben to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code Ruben. And now back to me. Okay, so Death Santis, that is what Sonny Hostin called him. That is what Joy Behar laughed at. Uh, the media has tried to scare you that he's killing old people and he hates gay people and he's very mean and he must be a fascist or a dictator or something like that. Uh, but it turns out that he's actually a pretty decent, humble guy. And if you don't believe me, this is rather extraordinary. I actually, my eyes actually popped when I saw this yesterday. This is a tweet from uh, Kimberly Leonard, and she dove into some of Ron DeSantis' personal finances. Governor DeSantis, who is 43, still has over $21,000 in student loans. He doesn't trade individual stocks. His net worth is 318,000, far lower than many top politicians. And if he runs for president, he may clock in at the lowest net worth in a crowded field. Now, first off, let me just say something here. Having $300,000 in the bank is pretty good. And especially now, even though $300,000 is not nearly what $300,000 was, say, hey, I don't know, a year ago, right? We know it's about 10% less. Uh, just an actual value because of inflation, thanks to Joe Biden. Uh, but the point is that in the world of politics, where Gavin Newsom, let's say, is worth $100 million, Nancy Pelosi is worth $100 million, and they've done this uh, thing where they track Nancy Pelosi's stocks, and she's always ahead on stocks. She always knows when to dump stocks correctly and when to buy stocks correctly. Barack Obama, worth $70 million. Uh, George Bush, worth $50 million. Joe Biden, who's been in public service his whole life, about 50 years, is worth $20 million. Donald Trump is worth $3 billion. So Ron DeSantis, right, who is in the military, uh, Ron DeSantis, who has been in public office, right, uh, he's worth a, a, a paltry amount relative to all of that. Do you think he might be doing this right? He still has the $21,000 worth of debt for school that he's paying back. Um, he's not doing this for money, obviously. Um, and this strikes me as very good. It strikes me as very good. And not only does that strike me as very good, what he is doing right here in Florida is very good, as you know, and that's why they're going after him. Uh, and something interesting happened to Florida in just the last couple of days. Don't take it from me, though. Listen to Ron DeSantis. No state has ever had that much of a percentage 
for uh, for foreign tourism, and we usually are behind New York. We're uh, much higher than New York is now, and. because we don't let people get harassed about their vaccine status and masks. So you get it? New York usually tops the nation in tourism. Can you imagine someone saying, I'm taking my family to New York. We're gonna get on the subway and go to New York. I, I don't say that with great pleasure, actually, as someone from New York, as someone that used to love New York City. I mean, I'm a true New Yorker. I was born in Brooklyn. I grew up in Long Island. I had grandparents and great-grandparents living in New York City. I spent most of my formative years in New York City. I was in New York City for 9-11. The fact that these socialists, de Blasio, and the new clown that they've got, that they've destroyed the city is not good. It is not not something I take any joy in. Uh, However, what we've done down here in Florida, my new home state, uh, thanks to Ron DeSantis, is pretty damn good. And now we're beating New York in tourism. So that's one thing. Okay, you keep a state open. People want to move here. They want to vacation here. They want to spend more time and money here. But of course, you guys know it's not just that. Uh, Some of you have seen this already, but during my talk with Ron DeSantis in Orlando about 10 days ago, uh, he went on about how he stood up against the machine, stood up against the media, and stood up against the fraudulent Anthony Fauci. And the fact is, Fauci was wrong about a lot of this stuff, okay? We were the first big state to guarantee every parent the ability to send their kid to school in person, way back in 2020, right? Fauci opposed us having kids in school. He opposed what we were doing. When we had businesses open and protecting people's jobs and we're having these events, he opposed us every step of the way. And so that wasn't based on data because the schooling was obvious that you needed to have the kids in school. It was based more on ideology. I want you to think, and I asked DeSantis about this um, later in that interview, about what it takes to stand up to the machine because we all think we would do the right thing when, when the shit hit the fan, right? We all think we would, we would be the one to stand up. We all think we would be the one to go against the mob and all of those things. And most of us never do it. Most of us never do it, and I would include myself in that. I, I do take a lot of unpopular positions. I fight for what I believe, but I don't. I probably don't do it at every given moment all the time, right? We all have our own concerns. He's got his own family, et cetera, et cetera. But think about that, that craziness at the beginning of COVID and how everybody just kicked people out of work and fired people and shut things down and locked people in their houses and all of those horrible things. And DeSantis, for whatever reason in him, and I ask him about it, where did it come from within him? If you haven't seen it, you can see the full thing right now. Um, he didn't, he didn't go with the crowd and it turned out to be right. He kept the schools open. And did we have mass death of students and young people here? Of course not. Of course not. So Sonny Hostin, when she calls him death Santis, is in, she's, she's an evil liar. That, that's all that you are, Sonny Hostin. You are, you are a bad actress, an unpleasant person and an evil liar. That's what they are, but they are going to keep coming after him. And why are they going to keep coming after him? Because now he's hitting Biden and the Biden thing is crumbling. And why is it mostly crumbling? Well, it's mostly due to the bad policy. It's not even the dementia, right? It's not even the the cognitive stuff. It's mostly because the policies are bad. If he was slurring all his words, if he was unable to read the teleprompter, if he was falling down the stairs and wandering free range out there on the grass when they let him off the helicopter and couldn't find the door, if all of that was still happening, if he was taking orders from the Easter Bunny, 
all of the stuff that we keep seeing happening, if the country was basically in good shape, nobody would be complaining. And I would be complaining far less. Honestly, if he was just a sort of old, losing it buffoon, it would be kind of funny. But if the country was working out, it's like, all right, we'll move on and talk about other things. It's the coupling of both of those things that is the problem. But it's mostly the fact that the economy and the energy sector and everything else is really, really struggling. And Ron DeSantis is calling him out on it. This administration seems to not have any proactive solutions to it other than blaming Putin. Well, they're the, they're the cause of a lot of it. Joe Biden came into office and declared war on American energy. We were energy independent for the first time in my life. Uh, when he came into office, he had sweeping executive orders to try to kneecap American energy production. And look, this is a global market. It's not just the U.S., uh, but he has made it way worse here in this country. And they will not reverse course. This is just a religion for them to be attacking energy production in the United States. And people are paying at the pump like never before. It's hammering blue collar people, working people. All right. So clear and honest, truthful, refreshing to hear. So what's happening? Well, you've got DeSantis's political sanity and rationality, and that's coupled with the craziness of the left. So what does that add up to? If you take those two things, you put a plus sign between the two of them, and then you put an equal sign. Well, what do you got? You got a gold mine on the other side for conservatives, for Republicans to really turn this thing around. And that's why I'm feeling good about the world right now because opportunity is right in front of us, but we have to grab it. We can't just sit there with it. So here was an interesting moment on, uh, on CNN. Anderson Cooper was inter uh, interviewing this guy, Harry Enten, who dives into a lot of numbers and polling and all that kind of stuff. And they, well, just take a look. Uh, obviously Biden's not on the ballot, but uh, which party do voters trust more right now? Uh, I, I, you know, this is this. Is, I, we might as well call this segment the not surprise segment. Uh, the Republican Party, they much more trust the Republican Party by 20 points, uh, 51, I think, to 31. You see it on your screen right there. On, this is specifically this, on inflation. This is specifically on inflation. This is specifically on inflation. It, if you look at the broader economic spectrum as well, it's basically the same numbers. But it's inflation that is driving these numbers and driving the numbers on the economy and driving the negative perceptions abiding and not surprisingly. Voters are running the other way, going to Democrat, going to Republicans. I mean, obviously, for Democrats, any comparison to Jimmy Carter at, at this stage for President Biden, uh, it's not a good, great comparison there. OK, so what's fascinating about this is, first off, CNN does not want to run a segment right, like this, right? Anderson Cooper, you can see in his body language, he's sitting back. He doesn't want to hear this, but they have to acknowledge some level of reality. They can bullshit you and they can lie to their own audience all the time. But then at some level, you have to occasionally release something true so people don't feel completely gaslit and insane the entire time. But what they're in essence saying is in these generic ballots, people are realizing that Democrat policies, putting aside Biden's cognitive stuff, putting aside the woke stuff and all of that, the fundamental policies, the only thing that these people are really supposed to do, it ain't working. And that is creating an incredible political refuge for sane people. So now let's talk about some sane people. You know about this Elon Musk guy, the Tesla guy, the SpaceX guy, the Neuralink guy, that guy. Well, just yesterday, he voted for the first time in his life for a Republican. Uh, we've got a tweet from the Texan. Uh, Republican Myra Flores has won the special election for Texas's 34th congressional district, flipping a seat that has been uh, under nearly unbroken Democratic control for four decades. Now, a little more on the, uh, the district itself. 
It's an 84% Hispanic district and uh, it's a border district. So do you think that people who live on the border of Texas and Mexico who are watching immigrants, not immigrants, illegal immigrants, not immigrants, okay? Immigrants implies a level of legality who are watching asylum seekers or criminals or drug cartel people, et cetera, et cetera, come into the country. Do you think they've had enough and they know that it's the Biden administration that's just allowing these people in? And interestingly, the media is gonna struggle with this because how can the media call these people racists? Because they're Hispanic. They're often Mexican themselves. Many of them came here legally, but why are they against illegal Mexicans coming? So this is fascinating. Uh, by the way, the woman there, Flores, she will be the first Mexican-born woman elected into Congress, and she's a, yeah, Republican, hot diggity dog. So how is this connected to Elon? Well, he voted for her. Look at this, Elon Musk on the Twitter machine. I voted for Myra Flores. First time I ever voted Republican, massive red wave in 2022. Now, there was an interesting response to his tweet there. Let's jump into that. Uh, Tesla owner Silicon Valley, just a random uh, Twitter account, said to him, I assume Republican for president too. He wrote TBD, but then it goes on a little bit more. What are you leaning towards? And there it is, DeSantis, DeSantis. So do you see what's going on here? Elon Musk is not a traditional conservative, a, a traditional Republican, right? Whatever the scary idea of that thing is that you probably are, that I probably am at this point, right? Uh, but what he is doing is running away from the lunacy. And that's what everyone's doing. And this is gonna leave Joe Biden and his media cohorts very alone. And once it has imploded enough, the wokesters will, and I mean the squad and the people who have used him, the, the progressives that have used him to just infiltrate the system, they will drop him too. And everyone will be saying, oh, we always knew something was wrong with him and he was a horrible choice. And the, the scary part of this is that the progressives will be saying, ah, see, this was our last ditch effort to tell you that capitalism and democracy or the United States even works. We have to go further to our socialist lunacy. So the Democrat party, is, is gone, but the point is that the conservative camp is becoming a sane political refuge for generally apolitical people. All Elon Musk is saying is, I wanna live my life, I wanna innovate, I wanna build businesses, all of those things. Uh, so it's super, super interesting here. He also had uh, another tweet uh, about what happened, what would happen and what has happened uh, related to building a company in say California, versus building a company in say, Texas. Look at this. In Texas, oh, so this is, this is Tesla owner Silicon Valley quoting Elon Musk. Uh, in Texas, it took us 18 months to build a gigafactory. In California, we'd still be working on the permits and probably getting sued. So what he's referring to there, obviously, is that he moved Tesla a year and a half ago, roughly, out of California because of high taxes, because of lockdowns, all of the crazy insanity. He moved it to Texas, and then hot diggity dog, what happened? He can start building faster and more efficiently. There are less taxes on him as a corporation, less taxes on his employees that he brought there. Now the hope is that his employees will realize that they had to flee a blue state and come to a red state. Uh, you know, I feel that I should, in light of this, I should put a little more money in the, uh, in the jar to get a Democrat to leave Florida. You know, some people are pissed at me, by the way, that. 
I changed it, and now it's to get a Democrat to leave Florida instead of rescuing a California. So we'll, it's still 50-50. I'm not exactly sure. At the end of the year, we will decide, and we'll figure it out. I know a lot of people, I've met a lot of people on the, on the road who are like, Dave, I want that cash. I got to get out of Cali. Uh, but this is really interesting stuff. And the point is that this stuff is somewhat apolitical. This is about people taking responsibility for their lives. This is about people trying to figure out where they want to live that's more in line with their values, where they're not going to be hit with um, taxes and all of those things. And a little more on what's going on in Texas. I know I'm very Florida focused here, uh, but the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, is doing some good stuff. We've got a tweet from the New York Times. See, we even tried to source the New York Times on this one. Ken Paxton, the Texas Attorney General, is likely to yield political benefits by investigating Twitter, including aligning himself with Elon Musk and endearing himself to conservative voters. Now, in essence, what he is doing is he's investigating Twitter to see if they were conspiring fraud upon the Texans who were using Twitter, meaning did you guys lie about the bots? Did Texans then the average Texan or a business owner in Texan, did they put money into Twitter either through stocks or through advertisements on numbers that were actually faked? So this is what an attorney general is supposed to do. So this is the states doing the work that the federal government perhaps is supposed to do or we thought was supposed to do, however you want to look at it. Maybe it's not supposed to do it at all. But the point is we are going to have a, an alliance of states that operate cleanly and work and work for the people. And then we're going to have a bunch of blue states. That's pretty much how it's going to happen. But I want to finish up with one other thing, because yesterday on the show, we showed you a clip of uh, Joe Scarborough. And Joe Scarborough is the morning guy on the mental institution, the televised mental institution known as MSNBC. And uh, he's very angry at Joe Biden. And yesterday, he was thanking Joe Manchin. Now, you guys know Joe Manchin uh, is the Democrat who basically would not vote for Joe Biden's huge bailouts. It was one of the things that got all of the Democrats, his own party, the squad and everybody else. He's a white supremacist and he's a racist and he's a Trumper and he's a Republican, all of those things. But anyway, Joe Scarborough yesterday was basically thanking Joe Manchin because his argument was, hey, if Joe Manchin hadn't voted against all of this Biden stuff, all of these, uh, the trillions and trillions of dollars that they wanted to push, then even more money would have been spent and inflation would even be worse. So we showed you that clip yesterday and I said live on the show, I said live on the show, you can go back to the tape. I said, I bet you we can find video of him saying completely the opposite a month or two ago. Within two minutes after the show, Connor was able to find this. We put together these two clips and this, ladies and gentlemen, if you share one thing, from the Rubin Report with your friends and family today. This is it because it sums up the absolute farce that is our mainstream media, that is the swamp, that is all of the people who lie to you, who get everything wrong, the whole freaking thing. Take a look. This is pretty simple stuff. Let me say that again. This is pretty simple stuff. You get the head of the Progressive Caucus, you get Joe Manchin, and you get Joe Biden, and you put them in a room and you say, we're not going to get out of this room until one of two things happen. One, we have a deal. Or two, we're going to have a press conference where we go out and announce that Joe Manchin does not support any piece of legislation regarding Build Back Better. 
he, we either have a bill or Joe Manchin will never support anything. And he's been lying to us for the past year and a half. It's very clear. And my God, I just wonder what would have happened if progressives had gotten their six trillion dollar wish earlier this year. Yeah. In, a, in an ironic way, you almost have to thank Joe Manchin for blocking that. I wouldn't even say ironically thank Joe Manchin. You can just thank Joe Manchin uh, if you're glad that interest rates aren't even higher. <laughs> That's Connor with the Curb Your Enthusiasm ending right there. But doesn't that sum up the whole freaking thing? That Joe Scarborough, a couple months ago on the televised in mental institution known as MSNBC, was basically calling Joe Manchin a traitor, basically saying, blame this guy for everything, basically saying the economy's gonna crash if Joe Biden and the progressives don't get enough money. Then they pass enough of this thing. The economy is crashing right now. A recession is coming. Inflation is insane. And now he's realizing it. He's seeing the thing turn right in front of him. So now we better thank Joe Manchin and not even in an ironic way. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the power of the meme. So we put that together. It's got about 500,000 views on Twitter already. We're gonna put it up as a YouTube clip so you can share it with friends and family, because people need to know this. And that isn't to say you can't get things wrong. Have I got things wrong on this show? For sure. I try to correct myself when I do, but have I made wrong predictions? Have I thought things that are gonna happen that don't happen? I thought Trump was gonna win the election. I mean, of course. But like the basic idea of if you don't do the thing we want and spend an awful lot of money, you're evil. And now he's thanking the guy for not doing it. You can't make it up, but nobody gets fired from these shows. Nobody gets called out really. Well, we call them out, so that's all right. Uh, let's jump to a couple of locals comments before we get to the cold close. Patrick says, the view is like a tribute act to the three witches scene in Macbeth. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. We should do something with that. Speaking of memes, that's good, man. Uh, Talway says, DeSantis is the best candidate for president if what he does can translate to the national stage. If that happens, Dave for press secretary and Tim Poole for secretary of the interior. You know, he's got a great press secretary, Christina Pouchon. She is absolutely awesome. But look, if they called me, I would strongly consider it or do something, I suppose. I mean, just, just so the losers at MSNBC and CNN could be talking about me all day long and I'd get up there and I'd have my book of papers and oh my God, what's going on? And they'd have, it just would be something else. Uh, Tony says, just finished my DMV registration in Florida. Congratulations. I did it myself a couple weeks ago and I am now a registered Republican myself. So much easier than California. Florida just gained another Republican today. You know, as uh, well, congratulations and good for you and welcome to the free state of Florida. And as Ron DeSantis pointed out in my interview, when he came into office, there was a deficit for Republicans. Phoenix, get me on the numbers again. I think it was a deficit uh, of about 300,000, meaning there were 300,000 more registered Democrats than Republicans in Florida. They, it is now uh, a positive, a net positive of 170,000 as of yesterday. As of yesterday, that's a 470,000 swing in this state. Man, he is gonna crush it and, and he should crush it and we will continue to live free. And speaking of living free, there was a, an iguana again in my pool today, and we've got some guys doing work out here, and they tried to grab the iguana because they were gonna skin it and eat it, but the iguana did escape. So I just wanted to give you a quick iguana update. Uh, if you wanna chat during the show, join us at rubenreport.locals.com. And a little, a little teaser for you guys, we are releasing uh, the full stand-up 
lecture portion of my set uh, with Ron DeSantis. It was the culmination of the entire tour, the big, the big show in Orlando. Uh, we are releasing that on Friday. That will be free to anyone who is an annual subscriber to the Rubin Report Locals community. So you can jump over there right now, rubinreport.locals.com, and you will get that absolutely free, uh, whether you're a current member or you sign up today or you sign up tomorrow or you sign up in two months. Uh, and, uh, and it's funny and you're gonna laugh and enjoy it. And it's truthful and decent and comedy ain't dead. I promise you. And speaking of comedy, for the cold close, Here's the elderly man pretending to be president. That's because all the women in my life are smarter than I am. And I shouldn't have done that because I wanted to yield to my vice president who's smarter than I am. <laughs> my little sister's my best friend in the whole world. She takes care of me all the time. From the time I've been a child, she's been on my handlebars, right? She's smarter than I am, better looking than I am. Help Stacey Abraham, Georgia. There's three things I learned about early on. One, she's loyal. Two, she's capable. And three, she's smarter than you, me. We have great confidence in our son. Uh, I am not concerned about any accusations been made against him. It's used to get to me. I think it's kind of foul play. But uh, look, it is what it is. And uh, he's a grown man. He is the smartest man I know. And a lot more are going to die unless he gets a lot smarter, a lot quicker. So, Mr. President? Did you use the word smart? Don't ever use the word smart with me. Don't ever use that word. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.